Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Daily Friend Wrap. I'm your host, Nicholas. I'm joined today by Mr. Marius Root. And so let us get into the news of today. Uh, going on is still the BRICS Summit in, uh, in Stanton. Um, and lots of delegates and visitors from all over the world are coming to see the sights and sounds and wonders of Johannesburg and Stanton. Um, and there's, of course, a lot of economic and business discussions going on around uh, and trade discussions going on around the sidelines. Uh, the chairperson of the China African Development Fund, Song Li, uh, has recently signed a memorandum of cooperation with South Africa on energy issues at the BRICS summit. He also had some advice for the South African government. He said that China was committed to solving South Africa's energy crisis, but that South Africa must basically hurry up. And he said, quote, if you stick to the current bidding and tendering framework, it might be difficult to be very efficient. I suggest streamlining the bidding and tender, and tender processes, especially for emergency and major power projects. Consider, consider allowing the direct participation of Chinese power companies to integrate investment with construction and operation levels. He also said, and this one is quite interesting, relaxing BEE policies in transmission and distribution sectors can lead to stringent cooperation. One of the sort of odd euphemisms that... Uh, Chinese state officials often use, but I think it's pretty interesting, Marius, that um, you know <laughs> that the costs of BE are so staggering and so obvious to to outsiders that uh, now one of the the supposed allies is saying, "Guys, you've got to change the way you're doing things." Yeah, I think it shows a bit of pragmatism from the Chinese. I think uh, China is actually quite a good example where pragmatism has in a way, one out over ideology, because uh, uh, after Chairman Mao died, and there was quite a lot of uh, reform in China, and they moved away from kind of communist uh, economic system to a more capitalist system. And uh, one of the guys was uh, um, the premier who did a lot of the reforms, Deng Xiaoping. Uh, I think this is apocryphal, but he apparently said he doesn't care what color the cat is. He doesn't care if the cat is black or white. He just wants it to catch mice. And I think the Chinese realized that if they wanted to lift people out of poverty, the only way you could do that is through harnessing the power of the free market. And the Chinese have done a pretty good job at that, actually. They've, uh, uh, since 1980, about 800 million Chinese people have been lifted out of poverty. And, uh, you know, maybe they don't live quite middle-class lives, but they have enough to eat, they have a roof over their head, they have decent jobs and so on. And I think that's one thing where our governments, you know, ideology is always winning over reality or pragmatism. We can talk as, you know, it's also about how the intent of a policy uh, is, is actually not important, what the policy results in. We can talk about all the, you know, you, you can argue that B is a good thing because, you know, wants to make up for the past and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I can understand the argument. But we've seen since B was implemented in, uh, I think it was 2000, came, came into force. You know, we, we had a couple of decent years of economic growth, but there was, I think, a lot of external factors because of the commodity boom. But since 2010, 2011, when we've seen more uh, stringent BE and so on, you know, unemployment has risen. I think uh, unemployment amongst black South Africans is like 45%. In, you know, rural Eastern Cape, it's over 50%. It's an absolute disaster. And we we know that BE hasn't done anything to help ordinary South Africans. You know, BE doesn't help the guy who's standing at the robot trying to sell you some coat hangers. That does nothing for him. And I think that's, I think this is a good wake-up call for, for the government. And you know, let's see if they listen to this. Uh, I think uh, the no. government doesn't uh, often listen to external, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, parties or whatever. But I think the Chinese Communist Party is a bit of a low star for the ANC. 
So maybe we'll see some pragmatism. And, you know, to be fair to Nancy, they have been pragmatic every now and again. You know, famously in the early 1990s, uh, Nelson Mandela, you know, he basically made a unilateral decision that uh, South Africa is going to follow, follow sort of a free market uh, economy once the ANC came to power, even though the ANC had been committed to nationalizing everything uh, during the struggle and that. So maybe we could see that again. You know, I wouldn't hold my breath, but maybe the Chinese can have some influence for the good in South Africa. Right. When when both the Chinese Communist Party and the, you know, uh, decadent capitalist West are telling you roughly the same thing, you probably should think a little bit about what you're doing and maybe consider that they might have a point. Um, of course, there's, you know, definitely some self-interest in this, which is, uh, you know, I presume that if the, uh, the things were relaxed, the Chinese companies in particular would be able to benefit um, from this stuff. And uh, I'm not sure if that's the greatest idea in the long term, maybe in the short term, it's a, it's a pretty good idea. Um, but anyway, I think something, it's an important reminder that, um, the you know, the rest of the world does see some of the madness of globalization. Yeah, and it's an important wake-up call for government. But hopefully, we'll begin pushing the ball in that direction. Okay, let's move on to our next topic. And this is about the, Z the Zimbabwean elections. Today, we have elections in Zimbabwe the first round, I believe, uh, the, the top two candidates from this round will go to the next round, and um, at least in the presidential level. And uh, we're, we're seeing a contest between the Citizens Coalition for Change, the main opposition party, uh, led by uh, the, the former leader of the MDC, although that party is essentially pretty much debunked, um, and ZANU-PF, who have ruled Zimbabwe since, uh, since it achieved since it became fully independent and, and Rhodesia was ended. Um, so uh, News24 went to interview some people. They interviewed a truck driver uh, uh, who said that, um, quote, we have been voting for too long. We've got, we've got to the extent of giving up. I wish I were home on election day. Unfortunately, I can't. I hope the elections will be free and fair. The results must be transparent. My analysis is that the opposition has more supporters and should win. We saw that with the MDC, which had more followers, but ZANU-PF won those elections. SADAC, the, South African, the Southern African Development Community, must ensure these elections are free and fair. Yosa said, quote, I am a graduate. I should be working back home. Unfortunately, I'm a truck driver. We hope to see better changes. We've had ZANU-PF for too long. Instead of the country improving, it deteriorates. There is no country in the world that doesn't have Zimbabweans. They, fl they fled because of the situation back home. We flee for greener pastures to feed our families back home. Things are costly in Zimbabwe. By water in South Africa, our currency has no value. We can't even afford minor things like bread. Very few people have bank accounts. Our politicians only care for themselves. We are nothing to them. And I think that's a really great summary of the situation that Zimbabwe finds itself in and the stress it's put on other countries. You know, uh, South African government officials have complained, for example, about Zimbabweans for, uh, using our healthcare system or benefiting from our, our, our social security net here. And it's clear to me that Zimbabwe urgently needs change. And ensuring that these elections are free and fair is a very important thing that South Africa could do as the big player in the region. And yet, Morris, I think the chances of these elections being free and fair are pretty much close to zero. Yeah, from what it looks like, just following some people on Twitter, that, uh, like I follow David Coltart, he's an opposition politician. He was a, a education minister when it was uh, the NDC's ONU-PF coalition government. Seems there's been quite a few issues already. You know, people are beginning to places and there's no, no ballot papers. There's also apparently an organization's name was escapes me, but they reckon it's got links to ZANU-PF or at least the Zimbabwean Security Forces. When people get there, they get asked for their names and uh, ask who they're going to be voting for and all this kind of thing. But it seems like they've made sure 
that they can't link them back to the Zimbabwean government. So there's already some intimidation. Uh, you know, this, the pre-election, uh, um, b- before the election, it seems like it's been relatively free of violence. We've seen a couple of people killed. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, one, one person killed is too many, but compared to previous Zimbabwean elections, it seems to be a little bit more peaceful, but doesn't look like uh, it's going to be any good. And we've seen a couple of uh, foreign observers have been uh, deported already. We had Chris Marling, South African guy, from Good Governance Africa, he was deported. Uh, there was also a British academic, a guy called Stephen Chan. Uh, he was coming from uh, Zambia to, he was. He said he wasn't there to observe the election, even though he's been as a Zimbabwe watcher for many years. He's written a book on Mugabe. Uh, he's been to every Zimbabwe election except for two. Uh, he said he, he arrived in Zimbabwe, he said he was there to uh, actually give free karate lessons, which is quite interesting, but he, he wasn't even allowed into the country at the airport that he deported him, said because he hadn't uh, followed the correct procedures. And uh, uh, opposition, uh, or sorry, a government's own newspaper, The Herald, said uh, Chan was there to uh, teach insurgents uh, martial arts when, because apparently the opposition is going to try to overthrow the government if uh, the election doesn't go their way. So unfortunately, uh, I mean, we know ANC and Zonopi have considered themselves kind of fraternal parties. So, you know, ANC is not going to do anything to uh, break that relationship or break the power in uh, Zimbabwe, which is very unfortunate. And yeah, I mean, a lot of the problems in Zimbabwe, obviously not all of them, but a lot of them are because of South Africa and what we, uh, how we propped up the uh, Mugabe regime and now the Manangagwa regime, who by some accounts is actually worse than Mugabe. And, you know, that shows you. Zimbabwe never had a Mugabe problem. It's had a ZANU-PF problem. Same as South Africa. We all know South Africa never, never had a Zuma problem. It's got an ANC problem. Right. No, I think that's exactly very well said. Uh it's i think also you know regardless of how much intimidation there is on the ground i think these elections are such fast that regardless of 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 how many people what the votes are the elect the electoral the electoral committee there is so compromised they're probably going to just announce the results that uh, zanu pf desires we'll see we'll see um and then things are going to no doubt end up in court but unfortunately a lot of the courts are captured by zanu pf too um, recently, there were significant bribes uh, given to to judges across Zimbabwe, uh, so that doesn't seem very like a great place. And then I suspect people are going to only have the avenue of protest. And I suspect uh, if there's going to be a lot of violence, that's where we'll see it: is if people take to the streets. Who knows if they will? Um, it's a dangerous thing in Zimbabwe to go and protest without the state's approval. So I, I hope for the best, but I'm I'm, I'm very pessimistic about the situation there. Anyway, um, that is all the time we have for today. So we hope you found this interesting. And uh, we'll keep bringing you the news as it happens uh, at the end of the day. And that's a wrap.